Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly. Nick and George here with our movies that are coming back into the conscious episode. As Twin Peaks said, that gum you like is coming back into style. Way better than what I said. <laughs> Made a lot more sense too. Well, yeah, but so what we're gonna do is, like, like some movies that have legendarily sort of come back into favor in mm-hmm. the horror world. Like the prototypical example, I think, is probably Halloween three at this point, which was yeah universally hated and then kind of came back into like critical and, and acclaim. It was weird because like we caught like the tail end of it coming back in it was like oh that movie doesn't even have michael myers in it so like oh yeah i watch this every halloween to like okay that's a fun movie yeah absolutely i mean literally anytime in the last five years that i've ever seen a ranked list of the halloween franchise movies it's in the top three in every list i see not fans i'm talking like websites like collider screen rant yeah they always give it a lot of props totally so it's like it's strangely came back around right that's the phenomenon so we're we're trying to predict what other movies that are currently ignored or Mm underappreciated will come to eventually be seen as horror classics yes and there was a few so like when when we came up with the idea during our live in the facebook group last week Mm -hmm. but today before you recorded i was like sitting down i was like what are some horror movies that because it's weird sort of like when you're driving i forget who said like when you're when you're driving they're like you know did you pass any signs on the way and you're like (laughs) yeah and they're like well what do they say and you're like well i don't how am i supposed to remember like you just see them going these horror movies are the signs where like i see people talking about them and then like it's strange like they're coming up more and more and more and the ones that i've noticed uh so these aren't your picks. These, these are, are my picks. You these are just to illustrate the, the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yep. Exorcist Three, yep. has largely came back into like now merchandise. Yeah, I mean that. Uh, Dorsey's got one Razzies for that when it came out, and now it's pretty re- regarded as like as a great movie. At least the the second best movie in the entire Exorcist universe. Well, we did the that one post where it was like Exorcist Three's like kind of equal to or maybe even a little mm-hmm. bit better than the no, Exorcist. not better, equal to yeah. In its own way, some for sure. Saying, well, I saw, yeah, like I saw some people saying like it was better. Lee said it was better, but I, you know, the the post itself, the idea was that pound for pound, Exorcist three is as good as Exorcist because it is a little more modern, so it stayed mm-hmm. a little scarier in a couple of the parts. Right, the serial killer anger angle really helps that one, right? Yeah, especially with all that. And the acting stuff. is such a showcase in Exorcist three. Especially Brad Dorf, so uh, it's all around pretty good. Yeah, it's all around. Okay, so, so that's one. That's I agree. That's Exorcist totally. three. One that I still think is in its infancy of coming back in would be the House of Wax remake. Yeah, no one's ever going to regard that as a classic, but yeah, that, it is definitely think, getting more acclaim than it was. But it, but you know I, the fact that it's getting more acclaim than it was a few years ago. I'm thinking maybe five, six years we go down the road. You know, it hits its 20th anniversary. Maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe. When did that movie come out? 2006? I mean, I would go see a uh, 20th anniversary screening of that in a heartbeat. It would be so fun. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Maybe. Okay, so I'm guessing House of Wax on the 20th anniversary, people are finally going to reveal, you know, pull back the curtain and be like, you know what? My feelings, I love that movie. It was better, yeah, for sure. Better than what and, I thought. And to your point, forget my classics, like, 
whether it's going to be a classic or not. So your, I love your metaphor of the signposts. There are definitely signposts everywhere because I'm seeing more and more posts about it and more people yeah, talking about like, it. Yeah, like I can't, for some reason, like I think I've seen that poster like six times in the mm-hmm. last couple months, which is way more than... And sometimes it's generated by an event, like like a um, release from Scream Factory or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. But it's, or Fright Rags does like art for or something. Or like and like a bloody remembers it exists. Yeah. Like, do you remember this movie? <laughs> Uh, or Joe Bob Riggs features Prom Night 2, and then everyone realizes that movie's great. I hope. I can't wait to see what they do the next season. I know. I really like that show. Okay, so House of Wax. Yes. Okay, let me get your opinions on this one. This one, I, I'm not sure if it is or not. I've seen some posts about it. Okay. But it's when it comes to the movie, some people have opinions. Slither. See, I don't because think that counts because I think Slither is exactly where it always was. I don't think it's okay. changed. I think there's a real a niche audience that really appreciates it. I think right. there's other audience who likes scenes from it, but I don't know that it was ever like crapped on or ignored. Like it was just it's just a really niche movie. <laughs> okay, right? that's where because I, I was my heart wasn't like feeling that it was, but it. I, because there's a whole something. genre of movies like that, like um, Society, or like those weird movies where the built-in audience for it is really a small percentage of the audience to begin with. Right. You know what's weird? I would also kind of clump in with Slither, where I don't think it's part of this conversation, but it has that weird niche, would be the remake of The Crazies. Yeah, totally. Like they Remakes are an interesting one, because, yeah. It is, a, it is a fascinating one here. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll X-Nay Slither. Friday the Thirteenth remake, yes, for sure. That's a for that, sure. out of out of all of them, it's probably the one that I was most surprised with because I myself didn't like it when I first saw it. Yep, but now I'm looking at it a little bit differently. I'm seeing people posting about it, and well, two things I think happened with that at least that pop into my head right away. One is exactly what you're saying, and the second one is. There was so much shit that came after it, like the Nightmare on Elm Street remake and the Poltergeist remake, where people looked back at the 09 Friday mm-hmm. and they were like, "Yeah, that looks yeah. like that looks like uh, Picasso next to <laughs> like the crayon drawings that are dropping around it." So, yeah, <clears throat> it's like the it was like the subway of fast food. <laughs> like, <laughs> totally. like if I'm starving, you know, I got like some shit over here, shit over there. Right, Friday Thirteenth was subway. Well, you know what? At least I can see him make it. Right. Well, yeah. Subway feels like a bad choice until you pick White Castle, and then you're like, yeah. Then you got the greasy runs. All right. (laughs) So Friday Thirteenth. That's definitely got to. And it also made me really appreciate um, the the cat who played Jason, Mm -hmm. the bald dude who was Swamp Thing, and then also in Twin Peaks. Derek Mears. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that guy. I think I started following him. He's a mate. Yeah, he's a great guy in person, and then he's a great actor too. And and when I when people repost scenes from it. You know, it's really refreshing because a lot of it, I know there's been a lot of Jasons and Kane Hodder's probably the most prominent out of all of them. But right. the fact that uh, the Derek guy, he, he just he just added something a little bit different that actually makes me kind of want to go back and rewatch it. Yeah, and it's weird because it's the same thing as the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which I'm here to tell you I rewatched recently and still is hot garbage. But, you know, Jackie Earl Haley did a really good job. like that, yeah. And so did uh, Rooney Mara. That was Rooney, Rooney Mara. Like, like it. But the movie doesn't hold up, and and this one got lucky where the performance at the heart of it was good, and the movie's not terrible, right? But I mm-hmm. here's what I think is really interesting about that one. I feel like part of what drove that one's comeback is that Jason got this is gonna I'm gonna say this in a weird way. Jason got a little less holy, 
So, like, when it came out in 09, everyone expected Friday the 13th to be, like, the horror version of Star Wars, be an empire that just kept coming and rebooting and spawning mm-hmm. and, like, whatever. And then that it all stalled out after that. Right. right. So, like, Jason Voorhees, the, the, the shock of him not being supernatural, the shock of him using, like, tunnels that felt like such a cheat then doesn't bother anyone that much anymore right so like the main objection to the movie is that was my biggest thing oh he's got these tunnels right right well that was everyone's when it came out but like i think because jason has become less like almost present in culture it's it's a little bit easier to fuck with him (laughs) yeah plus like he's got a lot of time He's got nothing but time. <laughs> you know, he can go full Viet Cong and take some time. He can go watch X's three like hundred times. Yeah, in a row. He's, he's got nothing. He's cool. <laughs> um, so then the last one that I had that I never understood why it had to have this like second rebirth of acknowledgement because mm-hmm. I thought it was good even when it came out, mm-hmm. and it's also like probably the newest. No, not the newest. Not on my picks at least. Was Scream Four. Yeah. What do you feel about that one? Because I well, felt- I don't remember the reception of that one. I, I I do remember disagreeing with most of what I was hearing, but I, it's it's very vague to me. I but- just feel like the whole Scream franchise is always in this weird like bubble. Like it's because like it's got yeah. those TV shows. People want to yeah. redo it, and like I always feel like there's a Scream article being released every week about yeah. the franchise. Well, that w- I mean that someone posted that Scream Four was better than three or two on Twitter. It was like a pretty popular name, like a bloody disgusting or Fango or something. And it was, it caused like days of outrage. So I feel you because there were a lot of people hating on. I, I rank it one, four, two, three. Yeah. I mean, I go back and forth between one, two, four and one, four, two, but I, I mean, it's close enough where I don't think it really matters. Only three is the weak link there. That is true. It's, it's the same shape as the F- Final Destination franchise. Every film is great, but one. <laughs> yeah. And we know, we know which one we're looking right. at here. Right. Uh, NASCAR. Right. Um, okay, so those, yes. are, those are some of the films. Cool. So hopefully the listeners have an idea of oh, yeah. what they're yeah. seeing on social media, sort of what we're picking up. Films. And, and I guarantee you there are movies popping into their head right now while they're listening to this where they're like, I hope they say this or this is the one that popped into my mind or like whatever because it's really, it's an interesting subject. All right, so let's give them our first picks. Sure. First, go ahead. You do your first. Okay, so one that I that I want to see get a little bit more love is, oh man, I'm doing my toss-up answer right now. That really sucks. Okay, you know what? I'm going to put this one as honorable mention. That's tough. That's really <laughs> tough. Um <laughs> And I rewatched the trailer of it today, and I, it, it solidified my answer with this one. It okay. is Fido. Uh, oh, shit. Man. Good choice. Isn't that a good choice? I don't remember its reception at all. What is it on Rotten Tomatoes? Do you know? I don't I'll know. I'll look it up while you're talking. But don't go ahead. Don't well, I remember Let's say one, why. Well, I, first off, like, you know, we always talk about, like, how, like, when we see movies, like, that that, that matters. This was this was back, like, when Netflix had, like, an awesome streaming selection. You remember, like, when Netflix, like, was still kind of new? Yep. It was just, like, awesomeness all the time. Like, Crazy they had, like, Dexter, that, like, yep. Masters of Horror and all this other shit. Uh, Fido was one of the films they had on there. And I remember it, it really sticking out to me as, like, um, it, it kind of, rewatching the trailer, it gave me Jojo Rabbit vibes. Oh, interesting. Um, because of so like it was the 2007 bright... at seventy three percent. Okay. So yeah, great, good reception too. Um, and I've seen it maybe posted like 
I mean, how many years have we been doing Hollow Weekly now? Like, we've had the group. I've probably seen it posted about, like, let's say we've done it, like, three years? Have we been doing this? Three years-ish? Three and a half. Three I mean, and a half yeah. years? I've, I've honestly got, if I had to, like, give a good faith estimate of how many times I've seen it posted in the group, I've probably seen it five or six times. I've seen it twice, that I can remember. At, at, it's so very low. All, once a year is what I'm seeing, and so you're right. It's yeah, yeah. So pretty it, ignored. It's pretty, it's pretty ignored, and, and it's one of the... Like if you like, I really think if you like the Thor Ragnarok t- style, Jojo Rabbit, like that Which style, you know I love. Yeah, like of of craziness and 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 fun, and just it just looks good. Like it's that 1950s. Like the colors are poppy, mm-hmm. the acting. Oh my god, let me bring up the cast, dude. Okay, can we talk about this cast? Hold on, F I D O. I love when you fight for these. I dude, like. You know what's so? You know how this film needs to come back into the conscious because it left mine before we did this episode. I rewatched a trailer and it knocked my socks off of who's all in this movie. And I love that you've got a reason for it, and the reason is that the whole Jojo Rabbit, Thor Ragnarok, the whole that tone is coming back into style, which is going to drag other movies from the past that are that style with it, right? Yes. Okay, so we're looking at where are none of the photos loading here. Oh, that's such a pain in the ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you get uh, Tim Blake Nelson, Buster Scruggs himself, mm-hmm. who has a sex zombie <laughs> next door. Um, God, where's the the main... Carrie, okay, Carrie Ann Moss is the mother. So you yes. got Trinity in there. Yes. Uh, and then Dylan Baker, that cat from Trick or Treat. Yes. Uh, he's in it as the Billy dad. Billy Connolly's in it too, and I love him. Oh, he's Fido? I'm finding this out right now. Yeah, you should let me. You should support stand-up comic, comics that have become. Damn. No. So horror actors. But but I love I love the idea of like. And in fact, you know what's funny? Comparing it to Jojo Rap makes it like because like you have the little boy and then you have Hitler. You have the little boy and then you have this zombie mm-hmm. and that shit just starts to go wild. Mm-hmm. I honestly I think it's like one of the coolest looking. Uh, it's honestly it's the best looking movie on my list aesthetically. Interesting. It's it's the it's the cool. I think it's the best looking one. Like best it just, atmosphere, best color. Yeah, like it just feels texture. like it feels like you're watching like you know Happy Days, <laughs> like <laughs> totally. but with zombies in right. it. Um, and it was it was, it's one of those films where I, I honestly got like you know recording this live. I think I've probably watched it twice, but it's the one film that immediately pops into my mind, and I think that is a staple. Uh, yeah, for sure. Whatever your instinct tells you, something to come what, back. What? Uh, what made you? What makes? Why do you think that it disappeared from horror consciousness? Why didn't it catch on? Well, I was watching. Well, rewatching the trailer today. I think it. The the, the production company or the release was it probably wasn't very big. Okay, it doesn't look so like small release, bad marketing. Yeah, and. They just got. I, I. They could just repackage the film. Act like 2006 never happened. They could just repackage. Like, hey, we got this movie called Fido. Uh, would you guys go check it out? It's in theaters March 2020. Right. And I think it would still. I think it would actually play like amaze balls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'd be fun. We can do a double bill with the 20th anniversary of uh, whatever. The Matrix. Just, we'll the- do the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> Matrix. In. No, but like. The 1950s aesthetic itself is cool. Like that's why I think like those Fallout games are like really cool. Like there's something like really creepy about like the nuclear family and like yeah. <laughs> and, and how tidy and neat. Everything well, that's why been. like usually newsreel footage and that kind of stuff is a fail for me in a horror movie. I don't like those montages or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the Hills Have Eyes kind of that feel is always 
solid, like the fifties nuclear. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I remember like they had their like zombie training in the beginning of theirs. And mm-hmm. honestly, it's it's just it's just a it's just a cool aesthetic with a great cast. It's really funny. I remember it actually being very touching. Uh, when it I is saw pretty touching. It. Is that the only zombie movie you considered? Yeah, that's the only zombie movie I interesting even considered. I didn't come up with any zombie movies, and I was I was wondering why because, but I was ruling out for various reasons. Like I don't think Pony Pool needs to come back because everyone a lot of posts about that right, one. yeah, a lot yeah. of posts about that one. You know, and and no, you don't need to get anyone to fight for that movie. Really, um, it's just it was it didn't even get a wide release, but. It doesn't need to be fought for, so I, can't, I had to reject things like that. You know what I mean? So like, that, it's just weird to me that you could have Buster Scruggs, Trinity, dude from Trick or Treat, and then Bill Connolly, whatever his name. And no is. one knows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Twice a year you're seeing. That's weird. All right. Well, it'll change now. We're changing this. Go. Honestly, rewatch. Fight. I could just walk away from this, <laughs> this episode right now with Fido and feel be happy. Yeah, if that just was be it. happy as a little lard. All right, that's fair. Um, cool. Anything else for Fido, or you want me to do a pick? I mean, honestly, it's as simple as just go watch it. Like, it's, <laughs> go watch it. <laughs> it's so, it sells itself. It sells itself. I Honestly, like I would bet 98% of the listeners who go and watch that show are going to love it. Okay. Fair and enough. then 2% are going to match me. I didn't like it. <laughs> like, you know no, no, I think that's fair. I think I think I, I don't think anything in, in in 2020 America is is 98%, 2%, anything. We can't even Not even the band was 98 degrees. degrees. <laughs> but I think the vast majority of people horror fans, at least the ones we care about who watch it will love it. So all right, yeah. that's fair. I am picking um Piwacket. Now I, I put a pretty high standard on this. I was like, what movie could people go back 10 years from now and just say is is a classic they missed, right? And I think Piwacket is it. So for anyone who doesn't know what Piwacket is, it's, it's a really small character study that also has an occult, like demon getting out of control element to it right so it feels a lot like hereditary it felt like mm-hmm. hereditary it felt like hereditary um but it's not but it felt like it right so it had that it had that feel there, here's the reason i'm picking it first of all the, the it's it, it's legitimately scary and unsettling which i needed right second uh, it it came and went pretty fast and i i i don't i don't know that i've ever seen anyone post about it online after like the 30 day window of it you know being released went away um but the main thing is that if if witchcraft is true this is how it works right so this movie picture Picture someone watching the craft mm-hmm. and then trying to duplicate what happened in the craft, but in real life and getting a real life negative force instead of kind of the glamour of what happened in the craft. And that's what this movie is. Gotcha. Right? So this movie is literally the grittiest possible version of the craft. Right. So and there's a couple reasons I'm picking it as a classic, because I think the craft came around to be regarded as like really ahead of its time and pretty much a horror classic at this point. Definitely, definitely iconic. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's something about this movie. So, first of all, it was way ahead of its time in (laughs) I mean, it should have been decades ago, but it was ahead of its time in terms of the anyone that's important to the cast is basically female. So it, it kind of did that 
thing first where it's a, just a basically all female character study of film, right? So it, it was giving us a point of view that you don't see in a lot of horror <laughs> movies, right? right? Um, and then it was it basically when this girl she gets into a huge fight with her mom. Her life is shit. Her mom is moving her from place to place where she's disconnecting her from her friend. She's in high school. And her mom says something really over the line and atrocious, but only because she's under a lot of stress. She never should have said it, but she says something that's over the line. And when she says Mm -hmm. it to her daughter, her daughter thinks to herself, I am going to get a book of spells and bring a demon down on you. I'm going to bring, I'm going to put an end to you. So she does it. That's horrifying. She does it. She does a real witch ritual with real blood, real spit, real mud, real bark, real like things, right? Like you can feel it when you're watching the scene, you know, how much it, what she's holding, what it weighs. She's got to cut herself. And it's not like in, in, in a movie like the craft or those movies, every time the scene is like, well, we got it. We need blood for the ritual. And they draw like that line across their hand and it's a perfectly straight line. <laughs> and that little bit of blood comes out. And right. it's like, she does it. And it's like a mess. And it looks like she's gonna have to go to the hospital and like how it would really look. Right. Right. So she summons pie wagon and nothing happens. So it turns out, that Pie Wacket is like a monkey's paw situation. Pie Wacket is going to give you what you want, but in the worst possible version of what you want, right? So Pie Wacket, if you believe Pie Wacket, because this movie could go either way, but what happens is Pie Wacket basically decides, you want your mother dead, I'm going to kill your mother. But before I do that, I'm going to pause and I'm going to manipulate things so that you are completely in love with your mother and she's in love with you again. So everything gets manipulated where the daughter totally understands the pressures the mom's under, realizes that she no longer, and she tries to take the spell back, but it's too late. And then Pilaget convinces her that when she thinks she's striking back against Pilaget, she's actually killing her mother. So she's the one who does it at the worst possible moment when she tried to undo it, right? So it's literally like the Fantasia, the set the brooms loose, except right. for it's the worst possible version of that, like whatever. It's how real it feels. It's how convincing the acting is. It's how incredibly, insanely cool the third act is. And it's how sinister it is all across the board. So like, you know, on a scale of, of, of like exorcist themed, you know, uh, paranormal type movies, where the exorcist is really right over at the top, very, very top of the chart. And then you go over here and you've got really good stuff like Black Coat's Daughter. But Black Coat's Daughter, which I love, um, has huge boring stretches in it, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. This movie does not. It's lean. It's mean. There's not many people in it. it it's it's sort of a slow burn in the middle, but it's, it's tense. It's emotional. And then when all hell breaks loose, all hell breaks loose. It's so good. So I just think that, that because of... The female, you know, forward focus, which I think this should have happened, you know, a long time ago, but because it, it really kind of focused in on that and and really, really got what the occult would really look like if you're trying to dabble into it now in real life. I feel like that's a movie where people are going to go back and they're going to be like, whatever. So it's a slow burn movie, but I, I watched it once when it came out and then I watched it again, uh, I don't know, like a month after. And I've seen it four times now since. And it, it's it's not that I'm finding anything new in it. It's not whatever. It's just so fucking entertaining. <laughs> right. So, by the way, I'll pick it. I've heard a lot 
of or not not a lot of pie whacking because mm-hmm. you know it needs to come back into the conscious but when it does it's usually because you bring it up yeah a lot of people are like <laughs> nick you gotta watch this movie and i feel like the only way because like from what you just just described and from what you've said in the past mm-hmm. i really feel like the only way you can watch pie whack it is by like randomly finding it in the middle of the forest underneath some leaves <laughs> and you're like what's this and it's an unmarked dvd right, totally and then, <laughs> and then you plug, put totally. it in your player and right pie wagon starts playing yeah, for, that's, that's, that's the vibe for, i get for sure because it really does have that ifc midnight feel it feels like something you'd have to come across at which like could be either really good right. or really bad right, right, totally. on. but you find some really cool you know stuff in there now there's a lot of movies like i you know we're not doing runners up right now but i considered autopsy of jane doe because Autopsy of Jane Doe might arguably even be a better movie. It's definitely like more horror, right? right? And more more showy and more, you know, like whatever. But in the end of the day, I just I just felt like where where things are trending for horror is they're trending in that really dig into dark emotions, like like trauma and grief a lot of trauma right and those kind of things and i feel like that's we're just going to head more into that direction at least for the foreseeable future and if you do that autopsy of jane doe actually looks kind of light and gimmicky compared to something like this it's still a great movie with great scares don't get me wrong but like this one really has emotional weight so how how polar opposite are the feelings of our first two picks like fido <laughs> is like a it's like a family of like the 50s or like leave it to beaver like yep. and like a pretty happy ending if i recall correctly yeah and pie wagon no no <laughs> no, no sir no horrible tragic so like, but, your, the, but i love the variety and i also like you know the fact that that there are there are um movies that are fun like a fido like when you watch something like that that's entertaining whatever pie wagon is fun if you take it in the lesson learned never do that right never do anything that looks like that never like whatever then you know that that it's one of those things where it's um it kind of speaks to your reptilian brain of like it you just learned how not to fuck up <laughs> right so i wish i remembered the actor who's like the main protagonist in fido He's, he's, he's this guy that if you saw, you know exactly the vibe he gives off. Oh, I'm sure. God, I wish I knew his name. But no, I need it. I think he finally but, sold me a pie wax. But see, here's the... And the, the last thing I say is like when I'm... I picked one... I had one secret hidden thing underneath for each one. Like where I... If I'm betting money on this horse coming in first, like coming through as a classic... Piwag has got low chance of that only because I don't think anyone's ever going to hear about it except for people who listen to this podcast going forward because right. because no one really talks about it anymore and it's a pretty small movie and there's not it doesn't have a lot going for it to like whatever but one thing it definitely has going for it that will be there waiting to be rediscovered is just the universality of the thing who hasn't heard someone they love usually a parent but it could be a sibling it could be a loved one it could be like whatever say something that they felt like crossed the line and in their head they were like snap your neck i wish i could just Mm -hmm. like drop a rock on you i do whatever and that thought itself is dangerous (laughs) and this movie shows that that thought is dangerous and sometimes you can't take it back what does the bible say the sin and thought is the sin indeed right so like the fact that that message, there is no one on planet Earth that hasn't gone through that. This movie has a message that would speak to anyone if they just watched it. <laughs> so. Shit. All right. All right. Um, what? Yes. What do you think 
makes these movies come back. Because, like, it kind of feels random. Like You mean the ones that did come back, right? Like, the ones that did come back. Like, Halloween 3... Like, I still don't even know how Halloween 3 came back in. Like, because I remember seeing it before it really came back into, like, the public grace of horror fans. I, like, Father Machine's why it came back. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tom, yeah, 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 no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, that no. makes sense. I actually did have a... I had a, I had a couple of theories on this. So, I, I've, I feel like some things give you greater odds of of the comeback situation. So one right. of them is that you live in a franchise, right? That's just automatically going to give you more visibility. Right. right. No, anyone who buys like a box set or like a complete edition or like whatever is going to have that even warriors. if they don't want it. Right, <laughs> right. right. They're going to get that movie even if they don't want it. Like even if I, I, I like... That that's the thing. If I bought like the Phantasm series, like or or even more, if I bought Hellraiser, I wouldn't want Hellraiser Great Value, whatever that one's called. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> but I get it in the complete, you know, or Phantasm or, Ravager. <laughs> right, right. Well, Ravager is okay, but so so I think there there's odds that uh, second thing is I think sometimes when an idea gets played way overplayed to death. Any variation on it that happened before ends up looking way fresher. So at Halloween 3 pissed everyone off that it didn't have Michael Myers in it. But by Halloween 24, we've seen so much Michael Myers. <laughs> a little something different. Having not Michael Myers might feel pretty good, right? Right. So, like, I feel like that gives that, like, a, a greater chance of a comeback. Uh, uh, aside from the fact there's, there's got to be something good in it. There's got to be something that catches your eye and it can't be, like, right. a, you know, it can't be a pie of shit. I kind of feel like it's weird because, like, Halloween 3 has, has came back. Um, Scream 4, I feel like out of all the rest of them, is still somehow fighting for it. I, I, I get this weird feeling that Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and 3 are constantly fighting for who's, who's in that position. Well, not 3. Everyone loves 3. But 2 is definitely def, two is definitely a comeback candidate. Like, I see that everywhere now. You th- okay, so you think 2 That documentary is like whatever. But when, when we post about Nightmare on Elm Street 2... There are certain go-to movies that I know that if we post about them, we're going to get crapped on, right? right? Like, I already know. Like, if we post about it, it follows. Everyone's going to shit on us, right? Like, it's right. just automatic. If we post about The Babadook, I'm going to get 100 comments about how the kid's annoying, right? Dude, we whenever I it. see us post about one of those movies, like, I crack my knuckles. <laughs> like, hey, I'm going in. <laughs> I'm going in. And, and if you look at older ones, I mean, the only people who are fighting for something like a Jaws 3 are fighting for it because it's ridiculous and yeah. they just have fun making fun of it right I'm trying to get you to watch it <laughs> right but it's just dumb but they right. but they love doing so like you know though there there's those reasons for those things i, I you know they, i don't know it's it's more about you know it, if we're if we're talking about why a movie is coming back and we give an example of a good movie People recognize that it's good, and then it just becomes a case of are they trying to pick a flaw in it on purpose because they want to reject it, right? Right. It's not horror or, you know, whatever version of it. It's not scary or, you know, like whatever. Bad CGI, (laughs) you know, whatever. You'll find it in the movies you want to hate, and you'll ignore it in the movies you want to love. That's a good right. point, right? So that's, that's a good point. That's what they're doing until something, you know, steers them differently. Now, Nightmare 2, when we post about it, it gets probably like 70-30 support at this point. Right. 
That makes sense. Because let's be honest, the Freddy in Nightmare Two is scarier than the Freddy in Nightmare One. Yeah, <laughs> Nightmare One's way better, but the Freddy He's is, got that different is more terrifying right. than two, right? So it's it had that one thing you could anchor on and be like, I believe in that, and then you're good, you're off to you're good to go. That's interesting. <clears throat> I feel like we're on to something. I really feel like our picks. <laughs> I really feel like between Pontypool mm-hmm. and not Pontypool, Fido, Fido, yeah, Fido. Pie wagon. Mm-hmm. Damn. See, there's all these weird title movies that are coming out now that I <laughs> That's just true. like. I don't even know. Like Keepsky tapes. Like I'm gonna throw that one in there too. That's the one I'm frightened to watch. Yeah, and there's all kinds of. That's the thing is we'll we'll get to honorable mentions. But I if if you want to break down here, I'll give you I'll give you one honorable mention. I'll give you okay. I'll give you a taste because it illustrates sort of the point, right? Right. I was this close. You can't see it, guys, but I have I have a thumb and finger really close together right now. This close. Oh, that's close. To uh, picking Red Eye, the Ooh. Wes Craven movie. And I love fighting sense, for this movie. No one talks about it. No, one, I mean, most horror people don't even think it's horror. They think it's like an action thriller, political thriller, you know, something like that. And it's it's got a lot of those elements, although the third act is basically a slasher film because once they get off the plane into the house, he's popping out of closets and doing jump scares and, you know, they're you know, going at each other and whatever. But, uh, but I almost went with it because it's so good. The acting is so fucking good. And Wes Craven, when he goes into slasher mode at the end, he's doing everything he knows how to do as a director to like, it's like Wes Craven's Halloween, but not supernatural at the end of it, right? right? So like all of this is good, but for some reason he put the goofiest, worst humor in this movie, and it's mm. so terrible. There, there are these. I mean, literally, Red Eye is so good. It's so good, and I'm watching it. I'm like, this is one of my favorite Wes Craven movies. And then every five minutes, there's a wah 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 moment, and I'm like, what is happening? Did he hire like? Who's a really bad cheesy comic? Did he hire Dane Cook to write like the one-liners or something? Like I, I don't know how that got into the movie. But right. I can't vouch for it because of that. But it has all the elements. It's in. Is Wes Craven did it? So like anyone who's going to go back and they're missing Wes Craven, like we all do, they're going to want to see something they haven't seen before. They're going to notice that, watch it. They're like, oh, this is pretty good. So it has a chance to come back. It's got great actors. I mean, are you kidding me? And then you know, it's Wes Craven actually said. Red Eye was the kind of movie he wished he'd done more of. Whoa. Right? So it's got all the things just waiting to be discovered. And the only reason I couldn't pick it was I just don't like knock, knock, who's there, fuck you, whatever the jokes are in there, but they're terrible. So I tried using Red Eye in a bit. But yeah. like, because like, there was this time I was on a Southwest flight and I was sitting next to this former member of the SWAT team, Dallas SWAT team or something like that. He was this dude, he was really nice. Oh, this fucking is amazing. Jacked. And he was watching it was like a Netflix original Spectre something like that. Like where like they're like there's these ghosts and like there's like an army thing. Okay. And like he was watching on his phone and he had both earbuds in and he kept nudging me going, Hey, check out the special oh, effects. Oh, you told me about this guy, right? Yeah, and he was like, Check out the special effects. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. And he went, Oh dude, check out this scene. And I was like, Wow. And, and you then, got it your pen. And then he just like he just slowly <laughs> kept leaning closer to me and like angling the phone towards my face and I ended up watching a whole movie <laughs> with no headphones because because I that's felt worse than because, Red Eye. Yeah, <laughs> he was like silly Murphy, but like a cinephile. He was like for like terrible movies. So I, I watched like eighty percent of the movie that I found. Oh yeah, so that was the only other time Red Eye's been mentioned. But like, there's that amazing scene where he has to take Rachel McAdams out because she wrote a message in the bathroom on the mirror, and she's he she's. 
he's like, they're going to read that and then stop the planet. I don't have to kill all of you. And she's like, oh, you know, like whatever. I forget what her reaction is. And she looks at him like, and while she's looking at him, he headbutts her and knocks her out. And it's like a cobra strike. It's in half a second because he has to do it. Everyone's on the plane. They could turn around and look, right? And it's just kind of those touches that make that so good. But anyway, I... Cillian Murphy. Yeah. He's phenomenal. Okay, so that's... Give us your second pick. Second pick. <clears throat> I'm looking at that one that I kind of crossed off my own mentions <laughs> going like, do you got a chance? Do you got a chance? Got a chance. Um, no. Uh, <laughs> no, you don't. You're going to no. be an honorable mention. Yeah, right. uh, okay, so my second pick. We've talked about it a little bit. I'm going to go with the ruins. Uh, oh shit! I didn't even think of that, but I should have. Almost all of these movies are films I haven't rewatched in a long time. Okay, but fair. they stuck. They hit me real strongly. And so there's like there's, I rewatched the ruins and it held up. It, I remember. We, I think we did it in a watch party not that long ago, and I caught a little bit of it. Super but what's weird is, so I'm like sitting here looking at my list, and I'm like, how do I view these movies? Like when I'm sitting down and watching them, like how do I feel? Like when I watch Fido, I know there's gonna be a lot of comedy and great acting. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be a lot of heart to it, and mm-hmm. it'll have some gore in there that'll you know that'll be nice uh, with, with the zombies and stuff. And with the other films mentioned, you know, you can sort of sit back and enjoy them and have their their scares. Like in Exorcist Three, there's mm-hmm. the big scare. House of Wax, there's a lot of cheap sort of jump scares that are fun. But the ruins is. The one, the type of horror film, like when I'm watching it, I try, you know, you, you almost, I guess you kind of do this all films, but you kind of try to play out like, what would you do yes. in your head when you're watching these movies? Totally. And like a lot of times it's a zombie film. Why'd grab a gun and blast them on the head and sure. get out of there and save the day? Right. The Ruins is the only one where like, not the only one, but one of them where when I watch it, I try to play it in my head. I fail every time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like, did you, did you ever see the movie Flight, the Denzel Washington thing? I've seen parts of it because at the end, they're they they're you know because he's a terrible character but a great pilot. And right. at the end, the the investigator goes, just when he thinks he's gonna get like sh- you know busted because he was high and drunk while he's flying the plane, or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's like, but we put thirty of our best pilots pilots in the simulators and duplicated the situation you were in. And they all died. <laughs> Only you could have landed that plane. <laughs> right. <laughs> and no matter what you do in the ruins, you're all dying. No matter what you do in the ruins. And, 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 for, and for me, like, there's a lot of, like, um, especially to, like, like you were saying earlier with a lot of the horror films today, they're going towards, like, trauma mm-hmm. and, like, really crazy emotions. Yeah, there was emotional friendship richness in that movie. Yeah, and but, but, but there was that, and I think it did sort of, like, the the best thing I think Midsummer did was it kind of stretched out like this like kind of shitty tension of like I don't want to be here, but I'm kind of but I'm trapped and I don't but know. But I how. have to write my thesis. Yeah, but I got to write my <laughs> thesis. You, yeah, when we were watching when we were watching Midsummer, I'm like I'm hiking through the woods for like ten fucking months before I reach civilization. I'm getting the fuck out of there. Right. Um, but I I think something like the ruins did it a little bit better, and it wasn't even the supernatural part of it. It was the like more of like. The first part of the film, when they're actually on like the little Aztec mountain or the temple mm-hmm. or whatever it is, uh, pyramid, and the local the natives come out around them and they my have my favorite like, scene, first thing to pop in my head when you said and the they name. have like the bow and arrows yeah. and like holy shit, the Best sense scene. of dread that I remember them feeling like and and then and I, that I, was good acting in that scene. It was great acting in that. They scene. were they seemed really terrified. And, and and I felt that way as as, as totally. an audience watching it because he, not to interrupt, but I just want to say this before I forget his one of the things that I've always thought about the ruins I think is super cool is that I think that movie is the best secret use of torture porn. 
uh, because I don't like the torture porn genre in general. Right. But this I movie is going. torture porn, but not. And that is so cool that they they hit that perfect balance, right? Because if you if you do if you don't if you make the ruins and you don't put torture porn in it, you have the descent. And if you make the ruins and you make it all torture porn, you have Turistas, which you've probably never seen, but it's a fucking terrible movie. <laughs> so this movie is like the sweet spot, right? Like right, right. It, it hits a lot of points, like right in the bullseye, and so like that, like the the sense of dread of like not being able to get down there, and just like your mind, like you kind of feel exhausted by the end of the ruins. Mm-hmm. But you just feel like you've been through so much shit, and then they throw in that sort of supernatural stuff with all the vines and stuff like that, and yep. has really great uh, uses of of, of gore. Um, it's just, it, it's honestly like <laughs> I feel tired after watching it. Yeah, like it's like a mental workout. Like people say, The Shining is the one you lose the most calories with. Where's the ruins at? Ruins on that is list? exhausting. It's I, true. I and you know I it's, I love it, and I think that one of the one of the like in the category of what chances it have to come back and get you know re noticed or whatever. I feel like the happening came around and made the ruins look like Casablanca. <laughs> yeah, like right? with, the, with the plant stuff. Right. Because you know, that was the problem with the ruins when it came out. Everyone was like, "Killer plants? Are you fucking serious?" And and then it, it just they didn't take it seriously. But first of all, it's based on a genuinely great horror novel, like genuine. Really, I didn't know that. Like the ruins is one of the very few horror novels I've ever read that happened during the height of the Stephen King era when he was pumping out like, you know, his it was it was his second wind. I think that era it was like misery, that kind of like mm-hmm. you know. When is the ruins? What year was the ruins? Like, the ruins was like two thousand. The movie was 2007. All right, that, that makes sense. But but it, it was it Stephen King had set the model for kind of like what what sort of like that looks like and then the ruins came along and basically I don't 2008 know, fucking 2000. nailed it. <laughs> fucking <laughs> um but it you're, but it, you're right. I mean, I think the the fact that it's genuinely terrifying and and emotional and you know the the people who thought the villain part was stupid can now come back and realize that it's more of it was the decisions the character was making that got them killed not the plans <laughs> yeah and what's funny is is i you could almost double bill this i would i actually this is what i would do i would do a double feature i would do the ruins and then i would go right into the descent yeah. Because I feel like both of those films, like you just, I feel like you need to shower, like like you just got done going to the. That's gym. how I feel about Mimic, which I considered for my list, mm. but wasn't wasn't good enough to get there. But. but I feel like, but I feel like the ruins. I mean, honestly, you could probably even just remake it again, and take another stab at it. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing with Fido. Just, just maybe maybe not even remake it. Just re-release just it. Re-release it. Um. So yeah, that's my second. That's pick. a great pick. I hope that gets a lot more notice because that. It's a it's it's not a perfect movie, but it deserves it because it's it did it was so much better than what what I got the impression of the reception of it was <laughs> like right. correct yeah. and the book itself what's would, the what's the book like if you read I did book, not know this the, I mean the book's literally called the ruins I forget the guy's name but it's really it's really normal it's like Steve Scott or Scott Smith or something <laughs> like but but it was when I, when I read that it was like it reading the ruins was like reading. Um, I don't want to say Pet Cemetery, but I'm going to. It was like reading Pet Cemetery. It was like, wow, this is terrifying, and I don't know how they're going to film it if they turn it into a movie, but it's terrifying. And it had all that slick plot machinery that Stephen King does so well, and the characters, like, it, it's, it's a great book. I think the book is actually better than the movie, but... Really? 
and and I know everyone says that's usual, but that's actually not usual with the horror movies I watch. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But anyway, I, I love that pick. Um, all right. I'm going to throw a curveball in because I, I'm saving my uh, the, the movie that mo- mo- the most people would have seen out of the three I picked for my last choice. So I'm going to throw a curveball and pick a documentary. I'm going to go with Lost Soul, which is uh, the story of Richard Stanley attempting to make the Island of Dr. Moreau movie, right? And there's a, there's a really particular reason I'm picking this. So first of all, I'm convinced to this day that that movie is in the top five horror documentaries ever made. Mm-hmm. Never seen anyone talk about it or post about it or whatever. It got raves when it came out, don't get me wrong, but like from Bloody Disgusting and Fangoria, they all were like whatever, and then vanished completely. Now, there's a couple things happening with this movie that are making me pick it. First of all, the most underserved cinema landscape for horror is H.P. Lovecraft, right? We've all t- we've talked about this many times on the podcast. There's no great H.P. Lovecraft movie ever made, right? And in the genre... As much as I want to say Dagon. Right. No, it's not Dagon. And The Mist isn't really Lovecraft, so don't throw that at me. Like, it's... it's, it's they're Lovecraftian, sure, but, like, actual Lovecraft. So Richard Stanley, who is a, a legitimate horror auteur, like, he is... He is a horror version of, of um, who's the, uh, I can't ever say the guy's name, the guy who did Drive. and uh, Oh, Nicholas. Neon Demon. So he's the horror version of that, right? But gotcha. he just released a movie called Color Out of Space, which is an adaptation of my favorite H.P. Lovecraft story, right? And he has such a unique vision. There's no one else like him, right? So first of all, he might get rediscovered just from the fact that he's active again because he hasn't done movies. I've in seen a long I've time. seen a photo of this of this guy floating around, yes. yeah, because so, of that new movie, yeah, exactly. So I'm hoping that the documentary will get some rewatch just from the fact that he's sort of in the zeitgeist a little bit. But the documentary itself is amazing. But there's a very particular reason I'm picking this, and it's because as, as people who do a horror podcast and run a horror community and all those things. One of the things that I've noticed over the last three years that has really increased in 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 frequency is people talking about um, horror in terms of like um, how do I say this? It's more about why can't they win Oscars? Why can't they be taken seriously? Why can't whatever? And and even when horror pushes into and shape of water and you know like silence of the lambs or whatever but horror fans always get that that spidey sense going on mm-hmm. that the reason those movies are winning is they're not really horror right? right now i don't agree with that and i hate that argument but it's it's still true that to infiltrate those top awards you it's got to be a little folktale like shape of water or it's got to be like serial killer procedural like silence of the lambs or it can't be horror it can't be straight horror right yeah you gotta, you gotta bend a little you, right exactly so you know when you watch this documentary and you see that this guy is a true horror guy he is us anyone who loves and lives and breathes horror is this guy and this guy tried to make his shape of water with Island of Dr. Moreau. Mm-hmm. And he got shut down by by the establishment. He got undermined by the production company. He got screwed by Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer. Like, he was trying to make... The reason this movie failed and Shape of Water succeeded is because Guillermo del Toro is, is 
he's a better director, but he's also, he's savvier in terms of what he's sneaking into it. And like, he knows, you know, how he needs to modulate it. And this guy doesn't have any of that. He's got no social skills. <laughs> like he's, he's, he's just trying to get his vision out there. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so he's trying to make this movie and it turned into a total disaster and it's heartbreaking, but, but also amazing. And there are just incredible moments in this documentary. He, there's a key sequence in this movie where he set up for like a year and his job was on the line. He was under enormous pressure. Budget was spiraling under control. Marlon Brando was wearing an ice bucket on his head for some reason and not telling anyone why. Like all these crazy things were happening. And he had to get the pivotal scene filmed. And right when he was doing it, a typhoon blows up. And almost wipes out his whole set. Actually, it does wipe out a lot of his set and destroy a lot of things, whatever. And he's so desperate, he tries witchcraft. He tried to pie whack it. He tried to cast a spell to make the storm go away because he's partially nuts. But also, he was that desperate and that, like, you know. Imagine if pie whack came Motivated. Dressed like Cecil B. DeMille. (laughs) (laughs) Or like an Ed Wood when he meets Orson Welles. (laughs) The director pants. (laughs) And then also, there's amazing moments where. He he vanishes, the director vanishes, and no one can find him, and they're trying to film a scene, and he's in costume in the background as an extra, as a monster, in his own movie. After he gets fired, he's lurking around, like, trying to be in the movie. Like, just, there's so much weird, unduplicatable shit in this documentary. It's It's just a really cool thing, but at the heart of it, at the heart of it is, there is a reason that horror you can't bring horror to dinner to meet your parents, right? There's a reason you can dress horror up. You can get it a nice suit. You can rent it a tux. You can teach it fork from knife. You can give it a napkin. Mm-hmm. You can, you, you can do all the things, but when a horror comes to dinner, all hell's going to break loose at some point. Right. And it doesn't break loose in silence of the lambs. I mean, it does on the screen, but Jonathan Demi kept such exquisite control of that movie. It just feels like a Hollywood movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like Richard Stanley was making a real horror movie and no one wanted it <laughs> because they wanted Silence of the Lambs. But they hired a guy who was going to give them Mandy, <laughs> right? So like it's just an amazing uh, documentary. But it really, I want it to be, there's a reason why some horror movies just never come back to be seen as classics, even though legitimately are classics, right? Like there, there are people who swear, you know, that, that, you know, there are war movies like all quiet on the Western front or whatever, that are the greatest war movies that they've ever seen. But there are movies that, that are in the horror genre. Like, like basically Jacques is a, is a horror war movie that are just as good, but no one talks about it because it's too horror, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And this this documentary really shows why you can't bring horror to dinner and expect it to behave the whole time. And 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 a good for horror <laughs> that it's that way. You are selling me on all these choices. <laughs> good, good, good. Man, you're doing a great <laughs> job here. A plus plus job. I I hope at least one other person watches Fido. <laughs> Yeah, right? Well, we'll do watch parties with this. Yeah, that was, that was like a speak. We should do watch parties because you can do watch party and go live. Oh, yeah, we wanted to test that. Yeah. So Ooh, if we, if we, we can find Fido, we'll do it. Yeah, I'll be down to do that. All right, do you have so, something else before last pick? Yeah, the okay. one I the one I threw under the bus. Oh, you go for it. Last second. Okay. Um, oh, we're doing honorable mention. Yeah, because I only got one more. Let's do it. Uh, all right. I'm going to give it to Unfriended. As an honorable mention. As an honorable mention. I just thought... Signposts everywhere for that one. 
I see a lot of people talk about that movie. I see. I've seen it a little bit. I feel like that one's like sparking up again. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like there's something about it that that yep. that's still re. I mean, know, it mirrored a sequel, so that you know, it's very true. Um, I remember when it came out, a lot of people like didn't like the idea of like the Skype horror film, but like it totally. Right totally worked for me and left me completely unsettled it well poor unfriended got buried at the tail end of everyone just deciding in mass that found footage horror was terrible which was the dumbest development because there are great found footage horror movies oh yeah you know what that's the other one that's actually found like a second life so below. that's probably the, be- the that's probably the, mo- the current one that people are com- right. like coming back yeah. and loving yeah. but you're right like it was it was if paranormal they were <laughs> I don't even think they had numbers at the end of them anymore. It was like paranormal. Right. Paranormal ghost mission protocol. Yeah. Mission. <laughs> yeah like they went that far. The paranormal activity. People were like, I think we're good with paranormal. And then you had like grave encounters. Yeah. And uh, and then everyone retroactively decided the original Blair Witch Project sucked, which I missed that because I, that's a great movie. That was a weird time. Right. Yeah, I feel like that was like three days. Like it was like Memorial Day weekend, and people were like, "Fuck Blair Witch." We're like, "What?" And then like, there's Tuesday, still a lot of Blair Witch hate. Tuesday, they were like, "You know." That's <laughs> um, but you're right. Unfriended was at the tail end, and I thought like, even though it was found footage, I thought it did something completely different than everything else, and it just took it took a huge fucking chance. And to me, like, mm-hmm. props for that. And the fact that it took a chance and it still left me feeling unsettled. And I actually really liked the 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 uh, like the lore behind it, like the 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 girl who committed suicide. That's the and best like, part. It was like it was, and and I can tell you for a fact that they did a really good job with the lore, because Friend Request is the same movie as Unfriended, and because the lore is different, it sucks. See, I never even. If saw you just that wa- watch Friend Request, and you will realize that you're watching Unfriended with bad lore. Damn. It, it was creepy. It was and it will hold creepy. up. It won't. It won't date for a while. I don't know what ultimately will happen when people see Skype in fifty years from now. But I went back and watched Unfriended recently, and it holds up. Like you would expect tech movies to date pretty fast. Yeah, but even when they even when they do start to date, like it's not hard to pick up on like what it is that piece of tech is doing. Totally. But like, you know, there's always, there comes a time where like, well, I went to see the anniversary, whatever it was, 20th, 30th, 100th, whatever it was, a re-release in the theaters of the original Jurassic Park. And, oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and the audience dissolved into laughter when the computer hacking sequence happened. Right, right, right. right. They, and it took them totally out of the movie. Like, you know, there was no... You're supposed to be, like, on the edge of your seat. Yeah, there's raptors, like, outside. Right, yeah. but every, all anyone could like, was laugh at, you know, the clicking and the mouse and the Unix system, whatever the fuck it was the called. The big Yeah, right. And because it, it, it dated pretty hard. But the, the spooky thing about Unfriended, that style of thing, is... There's an emptiness to social media. There's a hollowness at it. And that like blue flickering light, empty, like it's cold. It's chilly. It's like almost like what a Kubrick, the, you know, the way he shows the universe. Right. And that that's not going to date. And <laughs> that's spooky. And like the fact that like they made it look like, did, I don't I think they shot them on GoPros or something like that. Like, I don't know. I don't think they use like, like cinema, cinema cameras, but like they made it look like cheap webcams, like mm-hmm. on everyone's footage, on everyone's. Yep. Uh, camera and there's something about like that texture and like that sort of like not looking perfect ness <laughs> of it that I think is going to help it from aging yeah. as hard and as fast so unfriended totally yeah I agree and and it has the 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 necessary quality of being actually scary 
<laughs> yeah, like even the like like there's a couple kills in there that are the poster of the movie is like our main actress crying into the camera because <laughs> that's what you're in for because <laughs> that's what you're in for that's what you get get off Skype I love it all right so my last pick is Lost Highway from David Lynch and this is a hard one for me because I hated Lost Highway when I first right. saw it right and I'm a big Lynch fan but. Lost Highway felt really minor. So there's a there's a in his work, right? So there's a phenomenon with with really really top flight artists. Like this happens with you know Beethoven, where everyone knows Beethoven's fifth, but no right. one can hum Beethoven's eighth, right? Like because everyone every artist has like what's considered minor works, the things that weren't that important or mm-hmm. they didn't do that great a job on or like whatever. And I always thought of Lost Highway, and I think most people do because I've never no one talks about Lost Highway ever. Like unless you're doing a career retrospective for David Lynch, uh, I see people talk about Inland Empire drive. before Lost Highway, which which I don't think Inland Empire, Inland Empire which is his last full film. It is is very good, um, but there's very specific reasons I'm I'm picking this for this. So, um, remember that, and I had I had so much fun with this. So I grew up watching like a lot of classics, and I love you know classic films or whatever. And so I grew up with Hitchcock, and I, I saw all the usual subsequent. Right? I saw the Birds and Rear Window and Psycho and all the, all the right. things that a horror fan would love, right? And then I saw his non-horror stuff, like like North by Northwest and his thrillers or whatever. But pretty late in the game, I came to a movie called Shadow of a Doubt. And Shadow of a Doubt is in my top 10 American films of all time. I love this movie, right? Right. It's a serial killer thriller. It's a really quiet character study. It's like, it's, it's, it's like whatever. But it's, it's, it, it's sort of like this minor, not, not many people know this movie, sitting in a director's work, right? Well, Lost Highway is that for David Lynch. 20 years from now, people are going to look back and they're going to realize that Lost Highway is the bridge between Twin Peaks, Mulholland Drive, and the rest of Twin Peaks. It was the, it was, it was, it's a puzzle piece that was missing from, because it's the same idea as Twin Peaks and Mulholland Drive. And the thing that's mind boggling to me is that not many people like this movie. Even Lynch fans don't like this movie. And when I looked up, I, I just Googled real quickly before this, let's rank David Lynch movies ranked. And, I found most lists had it in the bottom three of all his work, right? And the thing that's mind-blowing to me is that Lost Highway is a companion piece to Mulholland Drive, and Mulholland Drive is considered in a lot of lists to be the greatest movie of the last 20 years, right? Wild. So you've got the greatest movie of the last 20 years sitting right next to a movie with essentially the same plot idea, and no one cares about this movie over here, and this movie over here is like whatever, right? So like it's like Cinderella and her sisters, right? <laughs> like like Cinderella's getting shit on over here, and her sisters are having a great time, and like whatever. So Lost Highway. So that's one reason I'm picking it is that the second the second reason I'm picking it is it's one of those few movies where so you've seen the scene, even people who haven't seen the movie have seen the scene where. Um, uh, Robert Blake, the the scary pale faced guy, mm-hmm. is is talking to Bill Pullman, and he's like, "I'm in your house right now," and it's the phone call scene, and it's really creepy. And if you haven't seen the scene, it's amazingly creepy. Yeah. But um, 
I remember where I was when I saw that. That scene impacted me so hard. It unsettled me so much. I literally remember the time of day, the place, wow. the, what, the weather. I remember thinking. I remember thinking about it afterwards. Like, how is that possible? Like, whatever. It's like the Mulholland Drive diner scene. Mm-hmm. It's it's Lost Highway's version of the diner scene. It's a little horror story in miniature, right? It's a four minute horror story. It's scarier than anything I've seen from horror in the last couple of years, right? Well, that's not true, but it's as scary as anything I've seen anyone do in the last couple of years. Right. So um, it's hereditary, like, telephone pole scary, that scene, right? Mm -hmm. So it's got that kind of dynamic going on where it's legitimately terrifying. And the reason I'm picking it most of all is because it's got nothing. No one's going to fight for this movie. So let me explain. Inland Empire has Laura Dern. So if there's a Dernissance... Someone might go back and, and discover, you know, right. Inland Empire. There, there's no Bill Pullman fan club, right? He's a great actor, but like, like, don't get me started, right? But he's I know, sick. There should be, <laughs> right? He's a great actor, but there's no one agitating for more Bill Pullman or like whatever, mm-hmm. right? Uh, not like a Laura Dern, like, got at the uh, Spirit Awards recently, where they did like a four minute song homage to her. That's never going to happen for Bill Bill <laughs> Pullman, right? Um, Patricia Arquette's an amazing actress, but like under the radar like the whole time right so this movie doesn't have the things that that other movies would have that would bring it along and the best performance in it which is which is robert blake is is he's a murderer that <laughs> <laughs> was a killer performance <laughs> so no one's gonna fight for that and i'm telling you like i've come to appreciate as i've gotten older more and more when a movie does something that's so memorable, that sticks in your head so hard that you can't escape it, that it will pop into your head no matter what. And like the scene, the the sequence in Lost Highway when Robert Loggia um, is in the car and he runs the other car, the a guy's tailgating him and mm-hmm. he pulls over and beats the crap out of him, like whatever. That scene is so fun. That scene is David Lynch's Quentin Tarantino scene. That scene is David Lynch's Death Proof. Like in miniature, right? So this movie's got amazing sequences. It's authentically terrifying, but no one's going to come back and revisit it on the strength of anything in it because it doesn't have an actor that people are going to go back and rediscover. It doesn't have, um, I, I don't know. The only thing, the only chance this movie has to get rediscovered is because it has one of David Bowie's great all-time songs in it, the I'm Deranged song. Right, so so th- maybe the David Bowie effect might come back and, and hit it, but and the last thing I'll say is, when a movie can do something to you and scare the shit out of you, and you don't know why you're being scared, and then when you f- realize what you just watched, it's scarier after you realize what happened. Mm-hmm. That's what this movie does. So l- let me give you the example of this, right? At the end of this movie, spoiler, big spoiler, if you haven't seen it, turn away for uh, nine, <laughs> 90 seconds. The, the, at the end of the movie, Bill Pullman is driving pell-mell down the road being chased by police, right? The camera's showing you those yellow lines, the lost highway kind of like thing, and it keeps flashing back to his face. And then for no apparent reason, he starts freaking out in his car. His head starts going all Jacob's Ladder, it goes back and forth, back and forth, too, way too fast for a human head to move. And smoke starts to appear, like, around his ears. And then his face blurs, and he looks like a demon. And then the music just cuts out, 
and the everything goes silent and all you see is the yellow lines going into the distance and you're just, and then the movie ends right so when i saw that it was terrifying because it was it's chilling <laughs> it's ter- it's a terrifying wait 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 for it it's terrifying the visual is terrifying so it terrified me when i watched it but i didn't understand what i was seeing let me tell you what you're seeing when you watch that this guy is in prison he has been convicted for killing his wife who was cheating on him right he is in prison. He is not on that road. He is not on the highway. And the police are after him because the police are coming for him. And when he transforms at the end, what do you think is happening to him? He's being fried in the electric chair. He thinks he escaped because he's insane. He thinks he's getting away from the cops going down the highway. And he's getting fried in the electric chair. And that's why his head does that. And when you realize what's happening and what the Lost Highway is, it's more terrifying than the visual, right? So so just for that fact alone, this movie, you, you got to go back and see this movie just for the stuff that you're catching in the movie. So end of rant, but Lost Highway is as good as anything David Lynch has ever done. Now I want to rewatch... Both the scenes, the phone call and then the oh, the end scene is the ending. Unreal. I've never, I, 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 I know, I've seen the visual of like the yellow lines, but I've never seen like the full thing. Right. And and so, so the, he in the beginning, Bill Pullman and, and, and is laying in bed, or I forget how it goes exactly, but the 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 doorbell goes off, the intercom goes off because they have an intercom. They live in L.A., of course, and a voice says to him, "Dick Laurent is dead." Right. When the movie ends, you see Bill Pullman pull up to his own house, walk up to his own intercom, press the button, and say into it, Dick Laurent is dead, and then drive away. He gave himself the message. He was telling himself that he killed his wife and the guy that she was cheating on him with, who was Dick Laurent, right? And he's he's basically come to realize that he's the murderer <laughs> mm. right he was trying he was blocking it he was denying it he was like whatever right so he was in full denial and he keeps getting these messages someone keeps breaking into his house and videotaping him it's him he's the one he's giving himself the message that you're the murderer and that's how the movie comes full circle and ends oh anyway that's <laughs> amazing so Dang. terrifying, terrifying, terrifying film, but but much better than its reception and, and should be much higher ranked in his body of work. Well, and like it's any, one of his most horror things. I feel like anything David Lynch always has a chance to come back just because totally. of being David Lynch. Right. And that's what happened with Hitchcock. Hitchcock, someone found in an interview that Hitchcock, they, someone had asked Hitchcock, what's your favorite movie of yours? And he said Shadow of a Doubt. And then it became rediscovered, which is how I saw it. Because it started showing on like T- TMC everywhere, Turner Classic, TCM every week after the interview came. <laughs> like, that was wow. So you're right. I mean, it might, but let's kickstart it with this podcast and get, yeah. get an early jump on it. <laughs> I'm down. That ending sounds great. Yeah. I want to check it out. All right. So that was your number one. Mm-hmm. All right. My number one. This is without question. And I, and I think you know it. I'm going to go with Wrong Turn. Oh, I knew you were going to do it, and I, I was hoping you would. Man, listen, I, it was funny. As you were uh, talking about the ending of Lost Highway, I found this uh, really cool article from 2003, mm-hmm. uh, the year the film was released, uh, with Stan Winston. And what I loved about it is right here is Stan Winston's intended, or intended uh, for the new horror film Wrong Turn. Uh, <laughs> uh, his intent for it is to scare the shit out of you. <laughs> 
Objective achieved. And then it's got the photo standing next to it. And you could just tell, like, and that there was like a lot of fun, like, and I don't know if the actual set of the film was fun. You know, sure. Maybe you know, but but you could tell the idea behind it, the passion idea was like had to have been like a pure joy for mm-hmm. him because this was also I think the first uh, one of the first films he came on as producer. Right. Um, and you know what's funny is reading that article is like he wanted to scare the shit out of you. Like I think he did. Like it was probably one of the scariest films. I had seen at that time mm-hmm. and I, I can actually, it's funny. You, you remember, it's weird that you were like, we both for these number one choices, we both remember where we were. Mm-hmm. I remember where I was when I watched wrong turn. My dad, really? my dad, uh, had surgery on his nose. Cause he had these like polyps or whatever. Mm-hmm. That, polyps, right. Yeah. Polyps. Yep. Uh, that stops him from uh, smells. So sure. he had him removed. So he came back and it was around the same time. Michael Jackson was going to his nose surgery. So he came back with a <laughs> thing. As we started calling him Michael Jackson. Sure. And uh, so he was out of commission for like a week, and so like we like kind of hung out with him and like got him like you know snacks and shit like that. Yeah. And put on movies. And my brother kept playing this one Lego or no, this one Hot Wheels racing movie, and then wow. I put in Wrong Turn, <laughs> and we did. Of course you did. And because uh, it was still blockbuster at the time. Yeah. And me and my brother watched it, and we were so frightened. Yes. <laughs> by the end of it, and. What's you know him saying like the the point of the film was scared shot of you. It scared us watching it with our dad with the lights on, mm-hmm. and I, I still think it's probably one of the best creature designs out of all out of all the horror films across all of the creatures in it. Absolutely, and there's something about like the Appalachia mountains yep. that have always really freaked me out like oh yeah the whole deliverance vibe is terrifying well i think anything that like i, I it's just the visuals of it like all these trees and cabins and shit lit by lanterns yep. like it's like there was i think there was like a ride at like king's island back in ohio that like i think like there was like a train and then like you went past some like cabins and stuff like that and mm-hmm. i always imagined that being appalachia and then and then wrong turn went and i was like hey let's make a horror movie there i was like ah <laughs> Shit. there's a there's a interesting concept about old time horror from the universal dracula frankenstein era which is you may you may not notice it because you're just kind of in the horror field when you're watching it but all horror in 1920s 30s american horror all of it was set in europe like it wasn't american we, we, you were in a castle in, in transylvania right. or england or you know you were in europe because that's where the strange shit happened we america was fine we were we didn't have all that uh, <laughs> occult devil infiltration like it was all their problem right so you moved on but if you flipped it if the Europeans in the 20s and 30s were making American horror, it would look like Wrong Turn. That's where they would put it. That's how it would, they would set it. It would be spooky trees and lanterns and like really empty, vast spaces. And yeah, I, I'm totally with you. And I think out of like all of my picks, at least, and even some of that I mentioned before, I, I think pound for pound, like it's probably one of the better probably one of the best paced films yes. out of everything in there. Like I, I don't ever and one of the most rewatchable. Exactly. I don't ever feel bored watching Wrong Turn. And like totally. honestly, you could just divide it up into like a chunk. Like <laughs> oh my god, like even a scene that scene with the the, the the car broken down just flashed in my head. And I haven't thought about that in fucking years. Like But you can see it. But can't I could you? I could yeah, still that, like I like and I can't even like describe it to you, but like I saw the image uh, of it and it's crazy. I half considered Joyride because I really like that movie. But I feel like mm. there was this era of Movies that came, and for some reason, everyone knew they were good enough to deserve, like, ten sequels. But then everyone f- 
didn't care about the one that started it all. <laughs> right. Right. And that happened to Wrong Turn. Wrong Turn has what, like nine, 12 sequels? Like, I think they insane... even announced something last year about like the Wrong Turn. <laughs> right. um, but so it's th- got to be the least appreciated movie to have double digit sequels in, in a horror movie. Like, I like Amityville right. has 20 sequels, but everyone loves the first Amityville. Yeah, right? or the remake. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And Wrong Turn generated, like, even niche stuff like Wishmaster or Puppet Master or whatever. Like, uh, there's a core audience that really swears by the whatever, but I don't hear I've anyone seen more us. Puppet Master than I have Wrong Turn. Exactly. I don't see anyone fighting for Wrong Turn except for us. No. <laughs> and I and I think I think the setting of it is really good. I even like the, uh, the first run-in with the inbred, yep. like, rednecks. Yep. Uh, where they're in the cabin and, like, some of the people are, like, up on the hilltop and just the tension that it sets of like you watching the people go into the building and yep. knowing that your friends are inside the 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 creatures themselves like how savage they they are yeah um the like the scene when they're up in the trees like I it's love so weird them. that you were just saying that because i i was just watching a, a nature documentary with jenny the or there's episodes to it it's called hostile planet right mm-hmm. and it keeps flashing back to like this is where humans came from and then it shows a bunch of like monkeys or whatever in trees just like fighting for their lives and like whatever and then that scene in wrong turn made me feel like that's hitting like a really old spot in us, <laughs> you know, when they show us that shit, we're like, whoa, I remember that from like a hundred thousand years ago. <laughs> like, right, <that's> <laughs> this takes me back. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it, there's a reason it works. Well, what's also, what I also really like about it is how simple the premise was. Mm-hmm. Them just taking a, a, a wrong turn, but and how I, great the details were that cabin where they keep the jars and the, it, that cabin that was disgusting. Like if they, if, if someone made that cabin as like a haunted maze, like would like, you know how universal does the theme, right, like yeah, the shining yeah. racks. I don't know. I'm sure I wouldn't even go in it because no. I just feel like I need a shower thinking about it. <laughs> what's what, what I, what, what's really great about it is I don't think up until that point you get, I forget. Oh, I gotta go back and watch it. But I know you don't get like the full picture of who this ragtag bunch right. of hillbillies like, are. But just looking at like the jars of teeth <laughs> that they have, you're like, I don't want to know. And that there's a car graveyard, right? There's that kind of scene. Yeah, and then there's but... it does have that cheesy ending when the cop shows up yeah. and the guy's still there. But That's like. Fine. But you know what's funny? It's even has, is even. I mean, let's be honest. As horror fans, Nightmare on Elm Street is great, but that's a cheesy ending. Like the, some endings are they're cheesy and still work. Yeah. Um. I I just think the the monsters the 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 trio of of rednecks like I think when it comes to creature design I do think I you know I hate saying things are underrated because like everything's underrated to someone sure but like those fuckers are yeah. <laughs> they are just I think I think they're the they're not I mean there's never been a wrong turn Halloween costume right no one's ever come to my door right dressed as wrong turn I've had pumpkin heads come to my door I've had like obscure horror like things. We live in LA. Like you see all kinds of weird shit see here. It all. But no one dresses as wrong turn. You know what I'm gonna do? <laughs> Nick's getting. No, no, no. I'm setting. I'm gonna set any attention here. I'm gonna tell Universal because what you said there, I think, was how we get wrong turn back in its rightful glory of everyone talking about how great of a movie it is. I'm down. Plus, Stan Winston did uh, all the dinosaurs for Jurassic Park. That's another Universal property. So totally. if anything, we gotta understand Winston. Agreed. By having. Next year's Halloween Horror Nights have a wrong turn base. There we go. I'm setting the campaign right now. Let's get that hat. Let's get that. Can we get that trending on Twitter with our 200 followers on we Twitter? Can, we can, can we try. make that happen? We can try. Um, I it's it's honestly probably I, I I would actually rank it 
wrong turn Fido than the ruins in terms of rewatchability. But I think I think oh yeah wrong turn in terms of rewatchability wrong wrong turn. you could put that into any horror movie marathon Halloween October lineup totally. like it's just it's just this one gem of a film that will fit any sort of horror movie night. There's no movie. single time that that movie has popped up on IFC or Sci-Fi or wherever I'm seeing on TV that I don't. Watch it, right? <laughs> if it comes on, I'm, I just watch it. Exactly. So that's my number one. Thing. I love it. I Wrong love turn. It. It's on. Uh, this that's a really solid slate of. Mine are a little more art house, like whatever. But I think, you know, e- even if, even if you just went into it from the standpoint of uh, of horror fans, like because because you'll have your picks that'll have similar ideas to ours, but it'll be your versions of it. Right. Like you're, you'll remember where you were when you saw Joyride or you'll like whatever your, whatever your picks are. Right. But your reasons and our reasons will be shared because, because I mean, those are pretty damn good reasons for these, these movies to, to be rediscovered or reappreciated. Yeah. Oh, you know, and I will say this for the people listening, I was looking at our stats and you know, we got it. We got quite a bit of you guys listening. Yes. But we don't got that many reviews. That's very true. You know what I'm saying? So why don't you make the right turn <laughs> and not go through a night of hellish hillbilly right. <laughs> kerfuffles? Well, let, let's see if we can do this. Okay, so don't so make a right turn. Make a right and leave us a five star review because a one star review leaves me in ruins. Yeah, and and if you give us a three star review, f- I don't know what I do with myself <laughs> knowing that you could have given us a five. <laughs> that pun just tore out my soul. Yeah, I'm a lost so, soul now. Yeah, so once you get off that lost highway. <laughs> oh, Lost was in two of my titles. I didn't even wow, notice that. Wow, I didn't notice that either. Uh, but you definitely give us a review. We need the support. We would appreciate did it. Did we get your third movie in there? We did. We got all of them in there? We got all of them in there. Okay. Don't be unfriendly. <laughs> give us a review. <laughs> give us a review. Five right. star on iTunes. Right. Don't come after us on the dark web. Just give us a review. <laughs> Wow, we got the sequel. Oh my god, we just came up with a new game. This is this is this is great. Once you go into your house of wax and load up your personal computer and oh, wow. go to iTunes with your CD ROM, we're gonna go to the Jurassic Park tech now. Let's put in your AOL internet disc and give us give us a five star. What was the last one here? And I'll scream forever. <laughs> I like that. All right, cool. Well, uh, until next time, watch a bunch of horror movies today. Scary. Give us reviews. Talk to you later. Love you a long time. Bye. Bye.